Hey, Praise Chapel Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is a special message um, from a midweek service with Pastor Omar and Pastor Isaac. Uh, they're going to be talking about, I mean, we've had a couple months of I'm feeling in that series, and they're going to kind of summarize and go through just um, key points and key moments, and they're just, um, it's it's kind of a conversation, but they're also uh, preaching an amazing um, word uh, back to back, and uh, man, you are really going to enjoy this one. You're really going to enjoy this one talking about um, I'm feeling pain, I'm feeling anger, all all the, the just really key moments from, from our sermon series. So enjoy this one. Um, really take a listen. Oh, come on. Give God a praise tonight. Well, we welcome all of you tonight. You can be seated. In fact, why don't you turn to your neighbor and say you're in the right place at the right time right now. I believe that tonight. I'm glad to be with all of you, those that are watching online, and we're just going to have a wonderful time tonight. We're going to do something kind of different tonight. Is that all right? And so we, we begin to talk about a couple of things we could do on Wednesday night, and of course, we've had many of our pastors here minister. We've had uh, evangelist uh, David Digger Hernandez ministering, and, and uh, it's just been a joy to, to watch and be a part of what the Lord's doing. And uh, we just finished a series called I Am Feeling, and we talked about all these different emotional things that we've been going through. And so what we decided to do in, in tonight on Wednesday night, we're going to kind of summarize all the messages. Is that all right? And I know that it's going to be a little bit of review, but I think uh, it's going to be kind of, uh, cl- I think it's pretty cool to do what we're doing tonight. Pretty relevant, right? Pretty relevant, right? <laughs> And, uh, and, and uh, the idea came from Pastor Rob. Uh, so if it's a bad idea, it doesn't turn out right, blame Pastor Rob. If it's a really good thing, uh, you can thank me and Pastor Isaac about that. <laughs> but we, we appreciate all of you being here tonight. And uh, really, one of the unique things about this particular series that we just finished called, called again, I Am Feeling, is that uh, we, we came up with the theme and the thoughts for the sermon back in February. And if some of you may know this, but I usually sit down with a team of people in our church and we begin, I begin to share my thoughts of what, about what I should be preaching uh, this year. And we usually plan about three months in advance. And I talk about different ideals and different thoughts. And, and this theme came to everybody's heart to say, you know, a lot of people, what they do is whatever emotional feeling they're going through at that time, they go on the internet and say, I am feeling sad. I am feeling happy. I am feeling, you know, all these different things. So I said, well, let's talk about some of those emotional things that people go through. And instead of the internet having the answer, Jesus is the answer, right? <laughs> and so, and so this, this particular sermon series, and I'm going I'm to have Pastor Isaac share even a little bit more, but despite all the uncertainty uh, that we're going through, even right now. I thought it really applied. And all the pressure that we feel like we're under, sometimes if we're not careful, the emotions get the best of us. And when you look to the word of God, God promises us that no matter what you're going through, no matter what's happening in your life, that God's going to help you through it. And so this was a series where we had to be real relevant and we really had to be open and a little bit vulnerable about our emotions. I don't know if you want to share something on that, Pastor Isaac. Yeah, um, you know, one of the things that I want to say to, to, to everyone is, uh, is that uh, although the, the, um, the layout might be a little bit different, uh, don't dismiss 
uh, I'll tell you, I, I went back through as we were preparing for this, and I was telling Pastor Omar, I went back through and started listening to every one of the sermons, uh, you know, in a progression. And I started identifying and, and thinking about where the church was on this Sunday when we were preaching this, uh, when, when there was a stay-at-home order that shut everything down. Um, and then as we progressed through that, and so, um, and so uh, in, in addition to that, as I went back and I was listening, there's, there's, I was gold mining is really what I felt like I was doing. And uh, there was just these nuggets that were just so powerful and so impactful. And so uh, as we go through this, uh, um, uh, you'll, you'll see that, and I just want to make sure that everyone just just leans into what's going on right now, especially uh, even even the current state of what's going on in our in our state, uh, in the state of California. Lean into what's going on here, and I really believe that Pastor Omar has really given us a lot of keys through the Bible to help us unlock uh, really a freeing uh, a freeing uh, time and a freeing opportunity for us to live out our bold faith uh, here on this earth. So, and, I, and I would add what Pastor Isaac was saying because when I, we started this series, there was nobody in the building. No. So I was talking to a camera, you know, which was really odd to me. And I was, out, you know, it was, it was out of place for me. I was not in my element. And uh, I had to learn, the crew was helping me how to talk to the camera. You know, don't look around. And I'm going, oh my goodness, man, there's nobody here. And see, so you guys are laughing and responding. There's no response. Right. So whenever I made a joke, there was nobody laughing. The bad thing, even when the online crew's not laughing, you know it's pretty bad. And, uh, you know, the, the only thing that gave me hope is some of you guys would comment, ha, ha, ha. I said, thank God somebody's laughing. So uh, somebody's responding, you know. It's helping me emotionally, right? That's what we're talking about. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling like the joke is a dud. That's what I'm feeling like. So uh, anyway, uh, but, but we, want, we started off with the uh, message on I am feeling overwhelmed. And really, that particular message really resonated at that time, and I even think it kind of resonates right now. Right. And really, when we talk about feeling overwhelmed, what it's implying when we say that is, man, I'm not sure emotionally I can think clearly right now. With everything that's on my mind and everything that's weighing on me, I'm not sure that I can make clear decisions because I'm, I'm feeling overwhelmed, I'm feeling a bit distracted, my mind is being pulled here and there. And it's amazing the frustration and even a little bit of anger that comes out of us when we're feeling a little bit overwhelmed. And, and reality, think about this, there's so much information today. It used to be that you just could watch TV and, and you'd have to wait up uh, for Eyewitness News at 11 o'clock. I know some of you may not know that, but that was the only time you got the news. And today you get news 24 seven. And, and, then, I, and then you get news on social media. And so you get it on Twitter, all these different social media platforms. So people are getting, getting inundated with so much information, it's the, it's the, it, you know, it's the wonder that they're feeling overwhelmed. And, uh, and I use the illustration that I felt a little overwhelmed one time when my wife told me to go get some toothpaste uh, at, at, at Target. And I said, my goodness, uh, man, I didn't realize there's so many types of toothpaste. Uh, there's uh, Max Fresh, there's Max Clean, there's Max White Fresh and Whitening, Advanced Whitening, Sparkling White, Cavity Protection, Tartar Protection, Spearmint, Gel, Mint, Baking Soda with Peroxide. I said, man, all I want is a tube of Colgate uh, toothpaste. And then another time she sent me to go get some cough medicine. 
And it's, uh, let's see, what is it? A nighttime cough, maximum cough, maximum cough and chest congestion, severe cough, sore throat and cough, nasal and sinus congestion, severe multiple symptoms cough, cold plus 12-hour uh, relief. I'm going, my goodness, which cough medicine do I get? And so all of these things can cause us to feel a little overwhelmed. Why don't you yeah. share something about that? Yeah, I, I, one of the things that I want to make sure that we, we do is we, de we debunk a myth. And this is a myth. Uh, maybe, maybe you guys have even said this before, but we say that uh, God won't give us more than what we can handle. Uh, I, I'm going to debunk that myth right there because what God will do is give you more than you can handle and make you and put you in a pressure cooker, make you feel overwhelmed, so that you have no other choice but to lean on God. And uh, as we as we go through this uh, this story, I mean, it's 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 awesome. It's an awesome right? story. And the story is about a guy named, it's kind of a strange name, Jehoshaphat, right? And, and Jehoshaphat, uh, we, we, we came up with a short version of Jehoshaphat because everybody has a short version of your name. If your name is Edward, they usually call you Ed, you know. But we said, what, what was uh, Jehoshaphat's uh, short name? And we just say J-Fat was his name. And so, uh, oh, hey, Fat, but no, it's J-Fat. And, and so that was his name. But the, the unique thing about Jehoshaphat or J-Fat is he brought a spiritual awakening uh, to the country. And it's found in First uh, Chronicles uh, chapter 19. And it's the beginning of his reign. And the unique thing about this king is he brought an awakening to the country. And the Bible says there in First Kings chapter 19 that were, uh, when King Jehoshaphat lived in Jerusalem, he went out among the people. So he just wasn't staying in the palace. He wasn't hiding out somewhere. He went along the people or among the people. And it says from Beersheba to the country of Ephraim. So he went all over to Mingo and get to know who the people were. And look at what he did as the king. He turned them back to the Lord. So it was a very powerful thing that Jehoshaphat was able to accomplish as this new king is he brought them back to the Lord, and I think you would agree. Isn't that what we need? We need some leaders that this will be. This is what we need. Yeah, spiritual. we need strong leadership right now, especially right now. Uh, we are not cowering. We are not uh, hiding in a corner, but we're making a bold proclamation for the for the gospel. Uh, Jehoshaphat, he he led a revival. Man, I love Jephat. Man, he's good. <laughs> and so, uh, and so, anytime you're a friend of God, you're an enemy of Satan. And you can bet the moment you start wanting to do something for God, the enemy's there to make sure right. to hinder you, to stop you. It, 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 the devil doesn't bother you if you're on his path. But the moment, moment you get on God's path, you can bet the enemy shows up at that's your right. door. And that's exactly what happened with Jehoshaphat. The moment he brings revival, the very next thing that happens in the next chapter, and you could write it down, is 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1 through 2. It talks about, it says, after this, again, after this revival, the armies of the Moabites, the Ammonites, and the Munites all declared war on King Jehoshaphat. So there were three kings, three nations, I mean, it was triple, a triple threat right. that came against them. And they sent a messenger and they told him, it said a huge, or a messenger came to him and told him, there's a huge combined army as now marching against you beyond the Dead Sea. So there were three enemies that were ganging up on him. And it was, it was seemed like he was being tackled mm -hmm. or being uh, attacked from every angle. And I love the names of these nations. It's the Moabites, the Ammonites, and the Munites. And 
They also had some tribes called the Cellulites, the Apatites, <laughs> and the Electrolytes. And they had the destructive tribes called the Parasites and the Termites. And then the monkey bites were real loving. And then you had the Socialites who loved to gossip with the websites. And then you had the Froth Bites who were very cold. You guys want me to go on? And then you had, then you had the healthy one that were the egg whites. And then, uh, and then you also had the archaeologists that said that there were pedialites. And then we know there was a tribe that used the force called uh, the Jedi Knight. Anyway, I'm kidding, okay? None of that's true. But it did say that they brought a, a, an attack. And I think, Pastor Isaac, why don't you tell us what exactly, what was the first thing that Jehoshaphat did when they came to attack them? Yeah, so, um, so if, you, if you read that, and I encourage you to read all of uh, 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 2 Chronicles 20. You just read that whole story. We're going to try to summarize as, as quick as we can. But this is, this is what he did. Uh, in, in verse 3, chapter 20, verse 3, he says, uh, Alarm Jehoshaphat, listen to this. He resolved to inquire of the Lord. The first thing he did was he resolved. He, make a, he made a bold statement, a bold intentional movement to inquire before the Lord. What does that mean? Well, he went and he called a fast. And he said, well, I'm going, before I talk to anyone, before I go to my council, before I go to my war council and all these different things, I'm gonna go inquire before God. And so uh, the first thing that he did was he inquired uh, to God. I, I think one of the things that, that I would say to you is that if it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. And so if you're allowing something in your life uh, if you're allowing something in your life to keep you up at night, if, if it's creating anxiety and all these different things, if it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. And so I want to encourage you guys, pray about those things. Don't let those things get into your spirit and get fear and anxiety going on. Go and resolve and inquire to the Lord. I, I would say to you, don't let the problem uh, intimidate you. Let it motivate you. And let it motivate you to pray and get a hold of God. And again, the first thing he did, he, threw, he, he, he did a fast. He turned to God. And see, a lot of times what we do is we turn to God the last minute. And, you know, we go, well, I might as well pray. No, that's the first thing you should have done. And, and you should have done is you should have began to pray and began to talk to God and ask God for help. And this is what he does. He gets God's strategy. He says, God, what do I do? And God begins to give him some strategy. And the Bible says in verse 4, it says, the entire country of Judah united together again and they're seeking God's help, and they came from all the cities to pray. And in verse 5, then Jehoshaphat stood before all the people and prayed aloud. So he's leading this nation, and he's leading these people in prayer because they, they're, they're under attack. But I love what he does. He doesn't focus on the problem. He focuses on God. Right. He doesn't focus on his circumstances. He focuses on on God. Sometimes we're always living under the circumstances when we ought to be on top of the circumstances. That's right. And, and I, I love this quote. It says, circumstances are like a mattress. If you get on top, you rest easy. If you get underneath, you suffocate. So, I, so Pastor, I think, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about focusing on God and all of that. This, yeah, well, well, so, so one of the things that, that we talk about, and we have to understand what we, our language, okay? So there's a lot of Christianese, there's a lot of, you know, uh, one-liners and zingers that uh, Christians use. 
And one of them is we're going to magnify the Lord. Well, what exactly are we saying? What we're saying is uh, just very, very literally, you're taking a magnifying glass and putting that on God. So in, in a moment of overwhelm, in, in a moment of anxiety, in a moment of uncertainty, we are magnifying God. So we are making God bigger than the situation. We're making God bigger than, than whatever we're facing, and we're magnifying God. And so uh, as we focus on God, uh, I love the song. We, we've sang it uh, often here recently. Uh, Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full into his glorious face, and then the things of this world will grow uh, strangely dim. Thank you. There you go. Uh, and so that's what we do, is, is despite whatever's going on in your life, you look to God and you focus on God. And as you focus on God, as you focus on his word, everything else seems to dim away. We're not saying that it goes away. That's right. We're not saying that it goes away. Your problems are still there. You got to deal with them. However, we are magnifying God in those moments and, and, and we're staying focused on the priorities in those moments. And so, so you don't focus on how big the problem is. You focus on how big God is. God is large and in charge. That's right. Turn to someone and say, God's large and in charge. He is. He's in control. And so no matter what's going on in your life, I want you to know there's nothing impossible for God. And so he looks to God, and this is what he says. He kind of calls out God and says, God, this is who you are. I want to declare you before all the people. And in verse 6, he says, Lord, are you not the God who is in heaven? He says, you rule over all of the kingdoms right. of the nations. And says, power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. That's Come right. on, somebody. I'm telling you. And he's making a declaration. He's saying, God, we exalt you. And isn't that what we're doing today? That's right. We were exalting God. We were making a declaration. And I want you to know, when we come to worship God and give God praise, don't just let it be a ritual. Let it be a declaration. Let it be a theme of your life. That you are declaring God's power. You are declaring who he is. And that's exactly who he is. He's magnifying God. He's saying, God, you're bigger than all of these uh, issues. And then the second thing he does is he remembers what God has done in the past. Man, I'll tell you, some of the worst Christians, uh, or I said some of the, some of the worst people that have amnesia is Christians. I mean, Christians forget everything God's done in the past. All they think about, what's happening now? Right. Have you forgotten what God delivered you from, what he set you free, all the miracles that he did for you? Pastor, what are we going to do? Wait a minute. What, didn't God save you before? Didn't he get you through that trial? What makes you think he's not going to get you through this battle? Right. So if you want to share a thought on that, Pastor Isaac. Yeah, uh, we know that God is the same today, yesterday, Come on. and forever. And so despite what's going on now, uh, we always look back to, I always, I always think about in the Old Testament, you see this. L look at this, the, the forefathers, Abraham, uh, Isaac, and Jacob. What they do, even the, even the Israelites uh, under Moses' uh, leadership, what they did is in, in every situation, they would raise up a memorial. Yeah. Abraham did this uh, as well. He would raise up a memorial. And what that, what that memorial was, was supposed to be was a reminder to Israel that God had delivered them. Come and on. so I think that there's, there's many times in our lives that we should be able to raise up memorials where God showed up, God showed off. There, there was no answer. I didn't know how it was going to work, but God showed up and God did something. Those are memorials in our lives that we're able to look back on when there's uncertainty, when there's things that are coming up in our lives and say, God, if you did it then, you'll do it again. And God, you are the same today, yesterday, and forever. We got to know our Bible. We got to know our Bible, church. 
Yeah, instead of taking the selfie, maybe you ought to take a scripture and, and put it at the memorial. So when we go to your photo album, there'll be verses of the memorial where God delivered you and set you free. I just got that thought anyway. Verse 7, this is what it says, guys. It says, oh, God, again, this is Jehoshaphat. He goes, oh, God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land before you brought your people Israel here? So again, he's reminded, and he's even reminding God, declaring God's promises. God, I know you've delivered us in the past. I'm declaring that to your people. You're do, you've done it before, and I know you could do it again. And in verse 9, he says this, and he said, you've helped us. And when we went through disasters, he said, and God, you helped us when we went through wars and when we've gone through epidemics and illnesses. I love that. And you helped us, God, when we, get, when we went through famine and we went through hunger. Man, I, I don't know if that scripture applies today or not, man. I'm telling you. And so he begins to remember God's promises. And I think, again, uh, all you Christians that are here today, all you believers, let's remember the promises of God. Do you realize that there are over 7,000 promises in the word of God? There are over 7,000 promises in God's word, and, and we can at least claim a couple of them. And, and maybe you ought to try to memorize some of these verses of Scripture and begin to claim those promises over you. If you have a thought on that, go ahead and give it to them. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'll, I'll tell you guys this. Give it to them. I'll tell you guys this. Uh, this. This Scripture, or I'm sorry, this story and this topic is so rich. There, there's, so, there's, there's so much here, right? Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I want to kind of move through, move through this a little bit. So, we're, we're uh, long, yeah, right? we are, but it's okay. This, this is good. Uh, so, so, uh, Jehoshaphat quickly reminds God, listen to this. What he's doing is telling God about what he's done already. Now, all of us know that God doesn't need reminding of who he is and what he, what, right. he what he's done. Right. But what he's doing is he's making a proclamation to God and saying, God, I know that you did this. Uh, I know that you did this here. Remember when you did that there. I'm, I know that you're going to do this right now. And yeah. so what he began to do, uh, so, so the first thing that he did was that he, uh, uh, he, he turned to God in prayer. The second thing that he did was that he focused on God on the problem, so he magnified God. The next thing that he did was that he acknowledged that he was powerless over that situation. So, so instead of trying to work it all out, I'm going I'm to talk to all the fixers that are in the room right now. Oh, yeah. Mostly this is men. Uh, so, so most of us want to figure out everything for everyone, right? And, and usually what we do is we mess it all up worse than what it was before we started. And so what Jehoshaphat did was he realized, he's a good leader, he realized, I'm not going to touch this thing. I'm just going to go to God and I'm going to let God do what, what, what he's going to do because I, I can't change it. I can't fix this situation. Many of you right now in this room, you're trying to change people. You're trying to change your situation. You're trying to be God for other people. You can't do it. Uh, let it go. Let God be God. Pray for people. Move, uh, point people towards Christ and let God do the work that he's able to do in those situations. Uh, the, the, the next thing, the fourth thing that Jehoshaphat go, go did was that, and, and, and I'm, I'm really passionate about this, is that Jehoshaphat thanked God in advance. Listen to what, listen wow. to what happens here. Uh, uh, he, he, goes, he goes on in, in 2 Chronicles 20, 21. He says, uh, um, he says, after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord wow. and to praise him for the splendor, praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. So this is what he didn't do. He didn't wait till everything worked out 
and then showed up at church and, and, and gave a testimony. I'm not, I'm not bashing testimonies, but, but he began to thank God in advance. And so this is what I want to tell you. If you're here and there's a situation in your life that, is, that you feel overwhelmed, that you feel like, I don't know how this is gonna work out. There's a pandemic going on. What, the, the world is going crazy. All those different things. What I want you to do is allow a, a, a praise to break out in your life. Amen. And begin to thank wow. God in advance. Hallelujah. Some of you guys will get it in a little bit. Begin to thank God in advance for thank what he's Lord. going to do. He's done it in the past. He's going to do it again. And so we thank God in advance for what he is going to do. Listen, we're not waiting for an assurance of our government. We're not waiting for an assurance of our boss. We're not waiting for an assurance of someone to be our comfort Come blanket. On. We're putting our trust and we're thanking God in advance because we know God, if you did it then, you'll do it again. And I'm going to stand here in faith and I'm going to watch your deliverance come through. Wow, that's powerful. I, 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 I think we ought to just do an altar call right now. I think I, I, you're on a roll, man. Yeah, so, so, so listen. Let's do it. This is what I'm going to do. Honestly, I, I, I felt this during, during worship. I believe that we're all overwhelmed. So uh, that's generally speaking, okay? But I, I believe specifically there's people here right now on, uh, online with us or in this room right now. I believe that this is the Holy Spirit, that you are overwhelmed to a point, uh, to a tipping point. And so if, you're, if, if that's you, I, I, I know that there's people here in, the, in this room right now. I want you to lift your hand and I'm going to pray. I'm not, I'm not going to have you come up, but I believe the Holy Spirit told me that there are those in this room that are at a tipping point. I don't know what that means. I don't know if you're, I don't know if you're struggling with suicide or depression, chronic depression, but I believe that God wants to break that off of you right now. So those of you that, that have your hands up, if you're there online, uh, let us know in the chat box, but I want to begin to pray right now. So just lift your hand. Yes. Just lift your hand right here, right now, and I'm going to ask believers just to, just to stretch your hand towards them, and we're going to pray right now. So, Father, I thank you right now, Lord, in this room. Father, we exalt you. We magnify you. We give you the highest authority in this house. Lord, I pray against the lie of the enemy. I pray against the pressure. Even right now, God, I pray that you would break the physical pressure that they feel on their lives, on their shoulders right now. Lord, that you would cancel it right off of them. Father, that they would be free to walk in your promise. They would be free, God, Lord, to walk in boldness and in faith, knowing, God, yes. Lord, that you are there with them. Despite the situation, you are there with them, God. Lord, I pray, Father, that you'd release this burden off of them right now. I pray, God, that faith would come alive. Break fear, God. Break anxiety right now in Jesus' name. We declare it, God. We are not overwhelmed. God, you've called us to be overcomers right now in Jesus' name. So we declare it. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 That's good. I'm, I'm, I'm getting ministered by my own right. message here. This is awesome. And so we, we have so many messages. The plan was we were going to take like five or ten minutes, right. and yeah. we have we just went through the first one. Yeah, that was and so I think we I, I think we probably need to skip. We're going to go right into pain. All right, all right. I'm feeling pain. I know it's related, but I think we're on a, on something that I think that we're on a vein here that I think everyone needs to. You may be feeling some pain right now in your life, and maybe some people that you've known, some loved ones that even passed away, some people that are sick and. And I just did a funeral on, on Monday night of a pastor who was just a great pastor. A number of, of disciples here, they knew him, and he just passed away from COVID-19. My, my cousin, uh, husband, uh, I've knew, known him since he, I was 10 years old. He just passed away last week. And so it, those things are very painful. Right. And, those are, and we're wondering, why does God allow pain? Yes. 
Why does God allow these pain, uh, pain to happen in our lives? And I'm here to tell you that as long as you live in this planet, there's going to be pain. That's right. The only place that there's not going to be any pain is in heaven. And so if you're waiting for your life to be painless, you're, you're going to have to wait till you get to heaven because the Bible says in heaven there's no pain, there's no sorrow. Right. And so uh, as long as we're in this world, there's going to be pain. But see, what people often do is you waste the pain. And I believe we're supposed to gain from our pain. That's right. And I, I believe in Scripture, it shows us different places that, or people learn from their pain. And it, it isn't that it was God's will for you to have pain, but God allowed the pain in your life. And if you, if you ask God, God, how can this pain help me? What can I learn from this pain? You'll find that even in the midst of your pain, God could use your life. And there's things that you can learn even from your pain. I use the illustration uh, when I ministered this message on pain, I am feeling pain. I talked about this one particular coach, uh, NFL coach, uh, Tony Dungy, and uh, he, he had a son, and uh, his son basically, uh, they didn't realize this till later on until he was really young, that he was not, his son did not feel pain. Yeah. So he could touch things and it would be painless. Now, at first he said, you would think that's great. Man, I'll just do this and do that, and I'm not going to feel no pain. But, you, but he began to realize that pain alerts you of things that are going on. That's it good. alerts you of danger. And so he remembers watching his son one time. They had the oven on, and there was cookies in the oven, and they were, you, know, the, you, could, you could smell the cookies, and you could see the cookies, you know. And, and so he just, he just went in the oven. You know, he was, he was, I don't know, four or five years old. And he grabbed the, the tray. We know that it's a hot tray. He grabbed, but because he feels no pain, it was no problem. He grabbed it. He grabbed the cookie that, that was hot. He put it in his mouth, and he didn't feel the pain. And, of course, later, later when they saw what happened, you know, they had to take him to the hospital, and they realized that, you know, pain, the sensation of pain is actually a good thing. Because it alerts you of the things that are around you that are dangerous for you. Things that, that, that you need to know, it alerts you. And I believe sometimes the pain in our life alerts us of things that are happening. And unless we get a little bit of pain, we're not going to be alerted. I can tell you, I know a lot of people that unless they went through the pain they went through, they would, they would have kept going in the direction they were going. Sometimes pain is the wake-up call for you and I. Sometimes pain is a wake-up call to say that we need to change. And I, I believe there's a verse of Scripture uh, here. Uh, it says that pain, uh, Proverbs 20, verse 30, it says, sometimes, sometimes it takes a painful situation to make us change our ways. So God uses pain to protect us many times. Because there's also times that we feel pain right now, but it, it's protecting you from a greater pain. Are you hearing me? So many times what happens is you may feel a pain somewhere and if you don't take care of it and you don't go to the doctor, you find out later on you waited too long and now it's worse, but the pain was alerting you of something trying to protect you. And so I believe a pain many times protects us from something worse and God uses that pain to get our attention. Pain many times is God megaphone to speak into your life. And so we talked about pain that time, and I believe it's important that uh, we learn about pain and we realize that the pain in our life is not, going, it's not there to destroy us many times, it's there to alert us. And the scripture tells us that God 
begins to talk to Elijah, even Elijah, and he's in a lot of pain uh, because he just caused, you know, uh, all the prophets of Baal uh, to, uh, he, you know, he, he, a miracle of God took place. And the scripture says he leaves, he's all discouraged and, and he's wondering what's going to happen next and, and uh, all of these different things. And then the Bible says that in his pain, God speaks to him and says, you're not alone. And one of the guys that went through a lot of pain besides Elijah was Paul the apostle. And he went through a lot of pain in his life and yet God was able to help him through his pain. So I don't know, Isaac, if you want to add a little bit about that. Uh, so... So Pastor Omar said that, um, that, that we, could, we could bring purpose to our pain. And what I mean by that is that uh, in my life, uh, and, and we believe in discipleship, uh, Praise Chapel Paramount, uh, one, of our, one of our landmarks, right, is, is discipleship. And, and that's person on person. That's life on life. That's what we say around here. And so oftentimes, I'm, I'm ministering to other people from my pain. So, so Pastor Omar says this often. He says that we impress people with our strengths, but we connect with people uh, in our weaknesses or in our pain. So God will purpose pain uh, in our life. So I'm not saying that God causes pain in your life intentionally, but God will use it to, to minister to other people. One of the stories that Pastor Omar just mentioned about Elijah, if you know that story of Elijah, you know that he was hiding under, uh, not hiding, but he was uh, resting under That's a tree, right? right? Yeah, resting under and, a tree. Uh, and, and, and the tree, and, and then he was being refreshed by, uh, by ravens. They were bringing him food, uh, just an um, awesome miracle of God. Now, what happened, for, what happened to Elijah is that he became comfortable in that situation, Right, and so uh, you, you see that God uh, that that God dries up that that tree and withers away uh, his his drink in the brook because God wanted him to move on. And so, oftentimes, God will will allow pain in our lives so that He can move us to another place, another level of faith, another uh, 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 change your situation, whatever it is. Because oftentimes, a Christian's too comfortable. Mm -hmm. Everything's going good. We, we got these nice cush uh, seats here. Uh, we got the air conditioner. Uh, maybe it's not at the right temperature for you. Uh, all those different things. God will, bring, uh, God will bring things into our lives to allow us to become more resilient, become more, more, more strengthened, mm -hmm. and maybe move us to a place that we wouldn't go to because we're so comfortable. And, uh, and, I, and I, I would add this, that that pain will draw you closer to God. And this is what I found about pain is that pain will either draw you closer to God or away from God. That's right. And if you, if you learn what pain is and if you realize that God will help you, you'll turn to God if you're wise. But a lot of people, they use that pain as an excuse to move away from God when in reality, it ought to cause you to turn toward God and ask him for help. Because many times it's that pain that gets your, that gets your attention, Right. Right. And you realize, man, I'm not as uh, invincible like I thought. You know, I thought it, I had it all together. I thought I could do it all by myself. And sometimes God uses that pain to get your attention so you can realize you're not as big as you think you are. Right. And Paul the Apostle makes this statement. I love the scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And, and it says this, Paul says, We are crushed and overwhelmed and saw how powerless we, we were to help ourselves. And then this is what he said, but that was good. Come on. For then we put everything into the hands of God, who alone could save us, and he did it to help us. Mm. Now, when I read that scripture, Paul's saying, wait a minute, he goes, I'm crushed, 
I'm overwhelmed. He said all these things, but that was a good thing. Why is Paul saying it was a good thing? Because it drew him closer to God. It caused him to realize that his strength didn't lie within himself, but his strength was within God. In other words, it drew him to God. A lot of us this morning, we have what I call a D-Day. And a D-Day is, uh, you know, there's a lot of bad things that, that start with D. Divorce, disaster, defeat, depression, distraction, difficulty, disappointment. How many are familiar with that? D-Day. You ever had a D-Day in your life? And this is the point where we got to say, God, we need your help. Another scripture, I love what Paul says. I'm glad in 2 Corinthians 7, 9, he says, I'm glad. And he's talking about the pain that he's going through. Not because it hurt you. He's even talking to the disciples or the church. He goes, but the pain turned you to God. And so not only does pain turn you to God, but I think what Pastor Isaac was saying here, and I'll let you kind of uh, share a little bit here, is that pain will draw us closer to even other people. Yeah. And yeah. if you want to share something on that. Yeah, uh, again, you know, um, uh, whatever you're going through right now, um, even what, whatever you, you've gone through in the past, uh, we, we say this often, is that we, we, uh, we, don't, we don't go through things, we grow through things, right? Uh, we, we, um, we don't get bitter, we get better. That's right. And, uh, and, and so understand that as, as, you, as you have different victories in your life, right? Uh, Jesus, uh, or the Bible tells us that, uh, that, that he takes us from glory to glory, glory to glory to glory, all right? So as, as, as we're winning, as, we're, as God has given us victory in our lives, God re- repurposes that pain for us to help other people. Oh, I so now that. I could go back. Uh, God has delivered me in my life from drug addiction. Now I could go back and I, 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 could, I, I could identify with someone. I could understand exactly where they're at. And I could say, you know, I know, I, I know I've been there. But look, with the help of God, with the grace of God, uh, God, has, God has blessed my life. And if God can do it for me, God can do it for you. And so God will purpose, repurpose your pain to help other people and draw us closer together. Now I'm able to connect with people opposed to sit here and, and preach about the blessings of God when someone is down and out, Amen. right? And so I also believe it not only helps us believe, uh, help others and turn us to God, but it helps us be more like Jesus. That's right. If there was ever yeah. anyone who experienced pain, it was Jesus. Whoever, he experienced more rejection. And of course, we know even during his death, while he's dying, the Bible says they're rejecting him and they're mocking him and yet Jesus, in the midst of his pain, is forgiving people. He said, Father, forgive them. Yeah. He's he basically declaring a blessing. And, it, and then the guy, the thief in the cross next to him, he says, man, uh, the thief in the cross, hey, will you remember me in heaven? Or when you get to paradise, he goes, today you're going to be with me, man. Yeah, I mean, he's saving right people in his death, in his pain, and he's forgiving people. And most of us, we're not forgiving people in pain, but he was. And yet again, it teaches us that pain helps us to be more and more like Christ. How do we handle our pain? Well, look at the life of Jesus. Look at how he lived his life. And here's the thing about the Lord. A lot of us say, well, he was God, but he was God in the flesh. He felt the same pain. The scripture tells us in the book of Hebrews, man, he he felt the same pain, all the temptation, yet he never sinned. He went through the same thing a lot of us are going through right now. The pain, the temptation, the overwhelming uh, things that we're going through right now. And yet the scripture says he never sinned. Jesus experienced loneliness. 
Jesus experienced persecution. Jesus experienced the pain. And yet through all of that, I love the scripture that Jesus says here in John chapter 16. He's like, I told you that in this world, you're going to have tribulations and trial, but, but be of good cheer and have peace for I have overcome the world. And so there's the promise of heaven, yes, that in the midst of your pain, God will give you peace. In the midst of your hurt, God will give you peace. In the midst of your obedience, do you realize even during your obedience to God, you could experience pain? You really can. I think we should just go right into Joseph a little bit, talk about Joseph, because, uh, because I think it's a great illustration. Most of us know the story of Joseph in Genesis chapter 39. And the Bible says this young man has a vision or a dream from God. And God, God's call on is, uh, is on this young man. But you know what? Even with the calling and even with the favor, he's hated by his own brothers. His own family hates him. They hate him so much. Come on, you know the story. He goes out to check on his brothers and while he's walking toward them, they said, man, there's that guy. There's that dreamer. That's what they call him. And he's got that coat that the dad made for him. Man, let's get rid of this guy. And when, when he gets there, they, they get him and they rip the coat off of him and they throw him in a pit. And now they're talking about how we're going to kill this guy. Now, can you imagine you're in the pit? You're supposed to have the call of God. Your own brothers have turned on you and they're, talk, they're discussing how they're going to kill you. And finally, when they're going to do that, one of the older brothers said, let's not kill, don't kill him, you can't do that. And so what they do is there's some slave traders that come by and they sell him as a slave. Talk about pain. Talk about suffering. Talk about doing, going through all this. And the scripture says he ends up as a slave in Potiphar's house. And most of you know the story. He's there as a slave, but God, the Bible says, but the Lord was with Joseph. Can I tell you something? God's with you even in your pain. Even, let me just say, when you are in the will of God doesn't mean it's going to be painless. See, a lot of us think, man, I must not be in God's will. Can I tell you, if you're experiencing pain, you very well may be in God's will. That's why you're going through what you're going through. The Bible says the Lord was with Joseph. And then we know the story, man, it was that, that woman, you know, that, uh, Potiphar's wife, she got the hots for him. We know the story, right? And she's trying to go for him. And he says, no way, I'm not going to do this. And she grabs his robe, you know, and, and, and she lies and said, when, when the master gets home or her husband gets home, he goes, this man tried to rape me. And, and now he's in prison, an innocent man. I know everybody in, in jail says they're innocent, but he's really innocent, right? And he's there. He didn't do anything wrong. And, and the Bible says he ends up in prison. He's he, what happened to the dream? Talk about a, a, a dream that has died. Talk about a dream that is over. He figures his life is over. He figures, man, his life is going nowhere. And his obedience to God, he could have been bitter right there and said, my obedience to God has only got me uh, in, enslaved. It's only got me in prison. What a, what a waste this is. Why, why do I? But the Bible says the Lord was with Joseph even in prison. That's right. And he interprets the dream. We know the story. And, and they even forget about him, the, the baker and the, and the butler, right? They forget about him. And they finally remember him when Pharaoh had the dream. And we know the story. He interprets the dream. And he becomes the right-hand man of Pharaoh. And so what the enemy meant for evil, 
God turned it for good. Can you say amen? See, I'm getting a little choked up now. I'm getting a little choked up. Isaac, take over here a little here. Uh, so, so one of the things uh, with, with, with Joseph, that story is just, uh, just perfect for what, what we're talking about here. But I remember, uh, l- listen to this. Uh, Pastor Omar just said uh, uh, that, that the Lord was with uh, Joseph regardless, right? And, uh, and, and the favor of God, the, the situation did not revoke the favor of God on his life. And so even for, even for there's, there's some here tonight, uh, maybe you've made some mistakes in your life. Uh, those, those that are with us online. Maybe you've made some mistakes. Maybe, maybe you've made some missteps. God's hand is still on you. And so despite the situation, despite what's going on, it doesn't revoke the favor of God on your life. And so many people who looked at Joseph and said, well, the favor of God can't be on that guy because he's, he's all jacked up. But, but, God, but God used all of these different things. This is what, this is what Pastor Omar said in, in, in that message. He said that, uh, that, that, that Joseph went from the pit to the prison, listen to this, listen to the progression, from the pit, being sold in slavery, to prison, now he's locked up, and from prison, he was elevated to the palace, and from the palace to the promise. And so, and so I believe that God wants to elevate many of us that maybe you feel like you're in the pit, maybe you feel like you're in chains and you're in prison, but God wants to graduate, God wants to elevate you from those places, his favor is on you, and the Lord is with you despite what's going on, despite where you find yourself. The Lord is with you, and you're going, you are a child of the promise. Oh, man, that's good. Come on, give God a praise on that one. You, you know, why don't we just take a moment? Why don't we just close our eyes right now? Father, we thank you tonight. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.